Well, good afternoon and welcome to Treasures of the Heart. This is Pastor Luann, and I have a couple favorite stories that I want to share with you today. Um, and I'll explain maybe why, you know, they are my favorite stories, but um, they're not my story personally. Um, normally, you know, it is rare that I would preach one of my own sermons a uh, second time or a third time. Uh, because I just believe God, through the Holy Spirit, you know, He gives us fresh manna, a fresh word for what we need just today. And I don't, I mean, I'm not saying God can't use a sermon that the Holy Spirit gave me, you know, two years ago. But today, I'm actually going to be sharing with you one of my husband's uh, best sermons, um, at least a story of, of that sermon that he gave is a wonderful sermon. It's a wonderful message and story. However, before we do that, I want to be sure to let you know the exciting news again that I have my own website. So it's Emma Lou Ministries. Please write that down, Emma Lou Ministries.com. There you're going to be able to go and find all of my ministry is going to be it's right there on my website you'll be able to see the videos that i did on the book of revelation you'll get to see a blog page uh, i have uh, my radio messages that are up there so that way if you hear something you like and you want to hear or tell someone else you can send them right to the website and they can uh, look and listen as well also i have my new e-commerce store and it's going well, and especially the uh, farm foods. And locally, I deliver. And so, you know, there's things that you can look on there. There's pictures of different types of foods uh, and bakery goods that I am uh, able to hopefully fix for you. You can go right online now and donate to the ministry. So when you donate now to the ministry, it's not just to the radio ministry. It is to all the ministries. It helps me to continue to do the ministry that I am doing because it takes a lot of expense to pay for radio, to pay for software, licenses, and all that goes into it. So, but at, I'm only asking that donation and I will be glad to give you, you know, something. Uh, that's why I will make you something or bake you something. The breads are going well. The brownies are going well. The cookies and cupcakes, that's all going so well. So just look at that website, emmaloumanistries.com, and you'll be able to see and hear all of my ministry right there. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I want, you, I want to just start off by telling you this amazing story, and I'm going to end with a story. So let's get to it. I only have a little over 15 minutes. So, but what I want to tell you a story about, and again, it's my husband's story, is about a naval aviator named Charlie Plum. And maybe some of you have even heard parts of the story. Maybe you heard my husband preach it, about it, but uh, I need to feel, I really feel I need to share that today. Uh, and this is Palm Sunday, by the way, so we're going to be kind of leaning that direction. So hold on tight, because you may wonder, what in the world does Charlie Plum have to do with Palm Sunday? He has a lot to do with, I think, what we need to hear on Palm Sunday. But he grew up in a very small town in Kansas, probably about the size of, you know, I have a small town close to where I live called Wilmot. Um, and, you know, but he did all the things that boys tend to do. He played in the band. He was in the Boy Scouts. He was active in his church youth fellowship. After high school, he entered the Naval Academy in Annapolis, Maryland. And there he joined the Officers Christian Union, which actually prepared naval officers to serve as chaplains on ships too small to have a chaplain assigned 
and that maybe would be something that could prepare, prepare him for future events that you'll be hearing about. But he married his high school sweetheart, heart, his high school sweetheart shortly after graduation from the academy. Then he went off to pilot training, eventually becoming qualified in the F-4 Phantom. Now, that is the primary fighter during the long war we had in Vietnam. But one day, just after his 24th birthday, he said goodbye to his wife in San Diego, told her that he'd see her in eight months, the standard tour for a naval aviator in those days, and he headed off to the aircraft carrier Kitty Hawk, which was conducting combat operations off the coast of South Vietnam. He was, as he says, in his glory, flying a multi-million dollar jet that by pushing two small handles with his left hand could go 1,400 miles an hour. Charlie Plum flew 74 combat missions off the Kitty Hawk. 74 flights over Vietnam. 74 flights. At 24 years old is unbelievable, but and, you know, he was scheduled, it was his 75th mission. Five days before his tour of duty was to be up, he was scheduled to return to the United States to his new wife. His F-4, though, was hit by a surface-to-air missile, and Charlie Plum was forced to eject. And his parachute opened, as advertised, and he began drifting toward the ground to what he says looked like a zillion enemy soldiers heading toward the spot where he would probably land. And he landed waist deep in the water of a rice paddy and he was captured and he spent, now catch this, he spent the next 2,130 days in several communist Vietnamese prisons. How long is that? Well, if you divide 2,130 by 365 days, you get almost six years. So for Charlie Plum, that was from the time he was 24 until the time he was 30 years old. I guess, you know, that makes having to be in quarantine for a virus for a year not seem so bad, right? And that wasn't usually for the full year. It was just we were in and out. But his parachute opened, right? And as he gets um, finally, you know, in 1972, he was released. And many of you who are older can remember the pictures of the POWs arriving at Clark Air Base in the Philippines, but for Charlie Plum, it was an especially bitter sweet day because on his first day of freedom and on his first telephone call in over six years, he had learned his wife divorced him while he was a POW. But you know, he pressed on, he went, got back to the States, he found love again and eventually remarried. So one day after his, his marriage to his new wife, during the two years, kind of, he had a spin recovering from medical problems that he had incurred during those six long years as a prisoner of war. He and his new wife were sitting in a restaurant, and he noticed a man at another table who just was staring at him for quite a while. And finally, the other man came up to him and said, you're Plum. Charlie Plum said, that's right, while having no idea how this man would know him. The man went on to say, you flew fighters in Vietnam off the Kitty Hawk, and you were shot down. Plum said, how in the world did you know that? And the man looked at him and said, I packed your parachute. Plum gasped in surprise and gratitude and was really just shaking and pumping the man's outstretched hand. The man shook his hand in return and said, well, I guess it worked. Well, Charlie Plum couldn't sleep that night, thinking about that man, wondering how many times he might have seen him on a ship that held 5,000 men 
seen him and never even said hello because you see Charlie Plum was a fighter pilot and this man was, well, just a sailor. Yet this same man who spent countless hours in the bowels of a ship bending over a table carefully weaving the shroud lines and carefully folding the nylon panels had saved Charlie Plum's life. And this man, this sailor, did his duty, did his best and he didn't even know Charlie Plum, the man whose life would be saved by this parachute packer. So I want to ask you a question later, maybe, if we get to it. But I want to take you now to today and Palm Sunday about the story of Jesus. It tells us that on this very day, Jesus had set his face toward Jerusalem. And it tells us in Luke 19, 28 through 44, and I'm not going to read all of that, but I know you probably are very familiar with the Palm Sunday story where Jesus was walking ahead of his disciples and they went to the town of Bethpage and Bethany. And, you know, he's on his way to Jerusalem and the disciples begged him not to go. They knew that, you know, things weren't going to be good there. Jesus had told them, you know, he's going to, you know, he's going to be rejected and he's going to be killed and he's going to be all of those things. You know, he's going to die. And yet he's set resolutely to go to Jerusalem. So in this passage of scripture of Luke 19, it tells him that when they came to the town of Bethphage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives, he said two disciples ahead. He said, go into the village over there. And as you enter it, you're going to see a young donkey there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it, bring it here. And if anyone asks why you are untying that colt, say the Lord needs it. The Lord needs it. So they went and they found the colt, just as Jesus said. Sure enough, they were untying it. The owner said, hey, why are you untying my colt? The disciples said, because the Lord said he needs it. So they brought the colt to Jesus, threw their garments over it for him to ride on. So he rode along and the crowd spread out their garments on the road ahead of him. And when he reached the place where the road started down the Mount of Olives, his followers began to shout and sing as they walked along, praising God for all of the wonderful miracles they had seen him do. Verse 38 said, Blessings on the king who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven, and glory in the highest heaven. But some of the Pharisees among the crowds that teach or rebuke your followers for saying things like that. But he replied, if they keep quiet, the very stones along this road are going to burst into cheers. And then everything just changed. In verse 41, because as he came closer to Jerusalem and he saw the city ahead, he began to weep. And he said, how I wish today that you of all people, my Jewish people, God's chosen, how I wish today that you of all people would understand the way to peace. But now it's too late and peace is hidden from your eyes. But before long, your enemies will build ramparts against your walls and encircle you and close in on you from every side and they will crush you into the ground and your children with you. Your enemies will not leave a single stone in place because you did not recognize it when God visited and he set his face like a flint. Now, setting your face like a flint is just being very resolute. I mean, it is a figure of speech that means there is the Messiah who is unwavering in his determination to go forth into Jerusalem knowing Knowing, if we listen to the suffering servant that Isaiah said, he said he will offer his back to those who beat him by cheeks, to those who pulled out his beard. He said, I did not hide my face from mocking and spitting, right? And so we know that he went forward to do this for us. In Luke 9, it says that Jesus was prepared to set out for Jerusalem 
and he tried to explain it to his disciples. The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes, be killed, and on the third day be raised. But they didn't understand it. Now, Again, you may say, I just don't get why does Charlie Plum have anything to do with Jesus on Palm Sunday? Well, I am so glad you asked. Because you see, there are just some times when we need someone to pack our parachute, right? That's the question I could ask you right now. Who's packing your parachute? Who did something that just saved your life, you know? A parachute packer is someone who is just there for you and asking nothing in return. Asking nothing in return, right? And so what happens, you know, is that 1 Peter 5.7 says this. And this is a parachute packing verse for my own husband. Cast all your care on him because he cares for you after all. Jesus Christ, the one who rode into Jerusalem today that brings tears to my eyes right now as I am sharing this message with you because he's my parachute packer. He was 40 years ago and he still is today. He is the great parachute packer. You know, you won't read the term in the Bible and I'm not, you know, what my husband said was uh, he doesn't mean to be disrespectful, but Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice and all he asks in return comes from Romans 10.9. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. You'll be saved. So, you know, we all need someone to be our parachute packer, someone who is resolute, who will set their face like a flint and will go forward being a parachute packer for people, but yet asking nothing in return. You see, Jesus did that. His disciples tried to stop him. He knew what his death was going to be. He knew going into Jerusalem was death, but that death meant life for you and for me. He laid down his life and suffered and died and went resolutely into Jerusalem for the very purpose that he was going to take our sins upon himself and endure the cross and the pain, the terrible pain. I mean, you think of Charlie Plum as a pre-OW for six years in, in that prison. And yet, had it not been for his parachute packer, whom he didn't even know, who was simply doing his job on that day and doing it to the best of his ability, knowing if he didn't that someone else may lose their life. And then God's grace allowed them to come together and he got to meet his parachute packer. Who's yours? And who will say of you, Thank you that you packed my parachute. Thank you for the card, the smile, the prayer. Thank you for not judging me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for the hug, the food, coming to the funeral, staying with me in the hospital. Be a parachute packer and honor Jesus this day on Palm Sunday. This is Pastor Luann with Treasures of the Heart.